0: Hey guys, thanks for checking out part two of the kids are all (laughs) right-ish. So on part one, Jen and our lovely guest host, Katie, were super honest about some of the hardest emotional hurdles they've faced with their kids. So today we want to talk about issues that seem like they've been
1: brought on or maybe even exacerbated by the state of the world today. Corey, I know you've mentioned privately to us that you've noticed some issues with Radley. How are your kids doing?
0: So with with my kiddos, with Radley right now, because, you know, Sebastian is almost two, and I have a theory that two-year-olds go through the terrible twos because they're in this, and this is my non-medical opinion. <laughs> I'm not that <laughs> professional opinion. But I feel like the worst time is like 18 months until three or something. Yes. Because it's like you were saying, like if you're in a different country and you're trying to communicate something and you can't, they understand so much more than they can express and that's frustrating. So they scream and throw a fit because they're trying to be like, get me some water and you're like, here's another toy. (laughs) It's, It's annoying, you know? It's like, imagine if you had an itch on your back and someone kept bringing you water. You're like, I just need you to scratch this spot on my back. So you don't see the stress come out in him. The way that you do very specifically with Rad, who is seven, um, because, you know, we're still figuring him out, (laughs) you know, but with Radley, he's always been a pretty chill kid. And we moved around a ton when he was little because, you know, the life of a family in the entertainment business is like, you know, it's like the two year thing here and there Mm -hmm. kind of like the military. And in general, he does fine. But what I've really seen a different level of stress from him this year um, with everything going on because, I mean, I remember even when he was a baby and I would get really stressed out and he'd start crying. So I definitely feel like they feel that that stress early on. But with him now, with not being around his friends and not having a normal routine and then having parents who both work, so we're trying to manage him while we also are trying to do work. I've seen some stuff in him Like he started having daytime accidents. I mean, he's been potty trained since he was three and it was happening so frequently at one point that I reached out to his pediatrician and she said, it's either constipation or stress. And what I had to realize with him is that, you know, here I am so stressed out that I have all this work stuff going on and I'm also supposed to be his teacher. And also he misses his teacher. And he misses his friends and he misses, I mean, he is, he will get up. He puts his little like school uniform on gets the backpack. He just has so much structure that has gone out the window. And then every day is like Groundhog Day. And so I see that stress in him. And he's also very aware that there's a virus. He's scared of the virus, you know, and him feeling the stress of there just being a lot of division in the world right now in general and hearing things. He hears the news, you know, he hears me and Ty talk about things. And, and I see you know, him having a front row seat to our stress and anxiety, it's gotten a little bit better, but he's still having accidents here and there. Um, it's harder for him to focus. It's harder for him, me to get him to sit down and just do a couple of workbook pages. It's hard to get him to sit and eat dinner at the table. I have to tell him 10 times. So I guess my question for you, Katie, is how does a parent tell at what point, because I guess, you know, I know that there's certain problems that anyone can face that, you know, it's like dependent on their propensity towards having a certain thing. So whatever issue it might be, like, you know, maybe you're not predisposed to have it and you just won't. Maybe you are predisposed to have it and you will, but maybe there are certain circumstances that could push you over the edge. So are some of these things that you're talking about, where is that line drawn of going, well, perhaps the stress of the world right now is pushing my kid into a level of having a vestibular issue or, a you know, whatever it may be. How do you start to make that distinction between I need to learn what I can do as a parent versus this requires help outside of what I'm capable of as a mom?
2: Right. Good question. Um, so I guess to, to lead into that, uh, first you were talking about how they are, they're hearing all these things, you know, that the children are experiencing our experiences and they're hearing little bits of things, but again, it's not necessarily being tailored to their understanding or their level. I'm not
0: necessarily sitting and explaining. Sometimes I am, you know, like talks about race and things like that. Like I sit and have a real conversation with him and, and he gets it. Um, But, but, but I feel like it's, it's more stressful for them when they're picking up bits and pieces and they don't know what to make of it.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely. So I know that, you know, one of the first times that we experienced this was uh, when, the first time we ever moved with Aiden, uh, he was only 20 months. And because he wasn't very verbose at the time, I kind of assumed that we didn't need to talk to him about what was going on. Like, oh, well, he'll probably never remember this anyway. So, yeah, we just changed his house and the dog died and everything's totally different. But, you know, he'll adapt. He's a kid. And what I didn't realize was my that I needed to control that narrative, whether I thought that he was going to 100% get it or not. I needed to take what he was possibly encountering and, and try to communicate it to him so that, I mean, you know, even if he was only getting mommy's talking in a calm voice and it's making me feel good. Um, I needed to name things for him.
0: What do you do when it, there's you just feel like they're going through a phase, whether it's because of something like, you know, a kid who might be getting bullied at school. And so they're, you know, they have different behaviors that you're recognizing um, or or just the world is insane right now. So how do you handle the general anxiety and stress that kids are going to encounter over the course of their childhood?
2: Yeah. So awesome. Awesome question. The first pieces to think back, you know, hit rewind in your brain to the last time that their behavior appeared most normal or consistent to you and what what was going on then that you can replicate. Was there a routine of expectations or anything like that that was in place that you could reshape for them at home in a certain way? Like, you know, pretty much every time we would get to OT originally, they would come out with a little dry erase board and they would walk in and say, okay, we're going to do this and do this. Do we want to change up when we do these two things? Like my idea of bush is yours, but, but he had a snapshot, just like when people do, you know, the pictures of their morning routine, like you're going to brush your teeth first, then you're going to do this. But for those things that they're dealing with and trying to figure out, you know, what's bigger than that. A lot of times the, the first stop is to ask your pediatrician if you can schedule an appointment with a play therapist. So I think it's important to mention what a play therapist does so that you know whether or not it's something you could even try out at home if you feel like you have the capacity to do so. So a play therapist, when a child walks in the, into the room, there's a certain amount of toys sitting around, and they get to pick which toys they want to play with that day. And then as they're playing, they control the play, and the play therapist kind of narrates. Oh, you, you made this choice. Okay. Oh, and then this person's doing this. And then the child can always correct. But even like if the child says, well, I want you to play the part of Mr. Teddy Bear. Okay, well, what's Mr. Teddy Bear like? Because kids in therapy aren't going to sit down and have a back and forth conversation like this about their feelings. Instead, when you play with them, certain emotions and scenarios will come out you'll find out, is my child trying to be the hero in something? Because they, they want to yeah,
0: I was going to say, what does it mean that I'm always the Joker? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I try to turn the Joker into a good guy. Like, I make the Joker walk up to Batman and be like, you know, I'm so sorry that I never realized that you're actually trying to do good in the world. And I really, I think I'd like to be friends and try to learn from you. And it's just not allowed. Like my, Like, the Joker is not allowed to become a good guy. Rad's like, no, mom, you're the bad guy. So I don't know what that means. Well, um,
2: you know, I was going to tell you to look for metaphors to play, but no, the flip <laughs> side of that, honestly, the flip side of that is that he wants to be the hero.
0: True. That's he wants true. wants to control
2: what he can control. So I think that probably pointing out to him areas in the day that he gets to have control over are ways he can be the hero.
0: And I should just be happy that he doesn't want to, like, destroy the world. Right. That's good, That's good news. Right. <laughs> um,
2: another way that children express themselves is through art. So you know, giving them different supplies and things like that, and then kind of getting them to detail for you the story that they were going for when they were doing the art,
0: and um, then you try to sort of read into the yeah, choices that they're making, oh,
2: these colors and things like that. Because first of all, it's it's creative expression, which is always healthy, um, but it also gives them another way to communicate with you, and then OT. Um, Occupational therapy, a lot of people think about, you know, if you've had a hand injury or something like that, but um, we also, you know, brains are very plastic. We have neuroplasticity, okay? And so different movements can help stimulate the brain and help regulate emotion. Um, Just like, you know, when we choose to let out those endorphins through exercise and we feel better about it, Um, children have a very large capacity for movement, You could, with a three-year-old that's having a meltdown, if you can convince them to jump up and down three times, they might come out on the other side of that tantrum. You might be able to pick them up and spin them around, or if it's a child that needs a certain amount of pressure, you could try really giving them a big squeeze. So playing with movement and seeing if any of that helps regulate it. I know we discovered that my son has just this huge capacity for movement. So even when people right now talk about them going back to schools, I wouldn't want him to return to an environment where he was sitting at a desk, not moving because his body gets super lazy then. And it's almost like if you can imagine that shame going up the spinal cord, that all gets kind of jacked up. He gets kind of lethargic and it turns into um, behavioral issues when really it's just energy, that needs to be activated and used in a certain way.
0: So, but your thought is that it really doesn't matter if you feel like it's normal anxiety or it, be, it maybe goes deeper, reach out, get help.
2: Oh, yeah, especially because there are so many good holistic things that you can do just because there's, I'm not against medication. There's just not as much good research and testing done on the young. Well, you
0: you realized that sugar was, was affecting Aiden as well. I remember that.
2: Yeah, and so there are lots of those sensitivities, but all of these different options are beneficial whether you have large struggles or not. And the way that I look at it is, if he can figure out these coping strategies before he's a teenager and you're throwing hormones on the fire, then awesome, please do that.
0: You know, I feel like it's other level right now because in-person stuff is so hard. Um, So are you guys doing, are you, has Aiden had to not do his occupational therapy? Have you done things virtually? It's such a weird layer to be added in to all of this help. It
2: is, which is why it's nice that you can do some things at home, but, and you can even, you can Google, uh, art therapy, play therapy, you know, OT for kids and get ideas for at home to test out and see if they make a difference. He is going to OT, They've got some good protocols where, you know, there's only one person in there at a time. There's a huge cleaning gap. They wear masks the whole time. But, you know, it helps develop social skills and just all of those executive functions. And, you know, imagine if you got to do a rehearsal every time you were getting ready to go into a stressful situation. You got to try out your part in advance. Um, That's kind of the way that we seek to set up our children. Okay, so during this time when they don't know what to expect, and nothing is as they've known it to be the more information we can give them rather than just assuming that they're just going to float by with it you know hey here's what's going on here's here's why i'm feeling this way today here's what you need to know about that and how it affects you here's what's going on with the schools what do you think would help you have a good school day like i've noticed that we we butt heads every day around this time what's going on then it's basically trying to get to their motivation, their message, rather than just treating the behavior. It's treating the core symptom versus just, the, or I guess, treating the root versus the symptom and trying to identify that. I imagine there's a lot of resources that are out there right now virtually that probably could prep parents a little more, but it's a matter of knowing what to Google, right?
0: Yeah. So regardless, just ask for help, whether it's minor anxiety. I mean, that's kind of what I did when the accidents were happening frequently enough. And it was helpful for Rad's pediatrician to go, it's this, it's more than likely this or this. We ruled out a UTI. And then from there, it's like, well, okay, then we'll give him a probiotic. and We'll, you know, try to help him handle stress. So I think that's such good advice that we feel like it has to be on this other level to get help, but that's not, necessarily the case. We don't have to take it all on ourselves. Well, a couple other things too. I know we mentioned milestones and they kind of help us
2: understand what's normal and what's not normal. There's a website called pathways.org that takes you all the way through up through, I want to say like age six, you know, just kind of helping you mark off like what's, what's normal and what's not and then identify it. A book that I recommend to all parents is Whole Brain Child. It really helps you understand what's going on in the brain uh, at different stages of development so that you know how to talk to them. Um, For example, if a child is scared of something, like Jen mentioned that Charlie would watch things and he was intrigued by them, but then he might be a little scared of them later. If you can get children to retell stories that have affected them, uh, then as they narrate that and put it together, it kind of desensitizes that because it helps them piece that puzzle back together as far as, you know, what triggered what feelings and what really happened um, and gives them a little bit of control over those fears. Even retelling like when they fell off their bike, you know, cause sometimes you have kids who are scared to go back and do something because of when it happened to them. And, you know, whole brain child does a really good job of saying, you know, their imagination is in so much control right here that like you trying to reason them isn't help reason with them. Isn't helping. Um, but retelling the story and re that back together helps. And that's even beneficial for us as adults. So if you go, okay, honestly, what is my largest fear right now? Why is that my largest fear? Is there something in the past that happened for me that made that fear seem like more of a, a real thing that might happen to me? Then you might need to kind of hit rewind on yourself or go to someone who was in that situation with you and retell it so that you can take control of that fear. So for all of us, I mean, I would say it's kind of the same prescription for our kids as it is for us. You know, we've got to figure out what we can control, what they can control, what fears are valid, what fears are invalid, and what we want to give power over to. And then also just knowing, all right, just like I should know that If my kid's having a terrible day, you know, chocolate ice cream might just jog him out of it. What's my chocolate ice cream? What's my little bit of joy that I can get for me no matter what is going on in the world that's going to kind of hit a little bit of a reset for me?
0: And now we know why the COVID-15 is
2: happening.
1: I don't know about for you, but for me, it's the quarantine.
0: <laughs> it's wine. It's dessert. It's I, fries. I'm going to say this though. I, I, I find Katie,
1: what you're talking about right now is really interesting to me because I have been through pretty extreme exposure therapy um, and also grief therapy at different points in my life and retelling the narrative and being able to discuss very um, highly emotional and tragic details of things without Becoming emotional is something that is a learned behavior. And it is interesting to me to hear you talk about having your child reshape and respin the narrative of something that was scarier concerning to them in a different way. I find that to be something that I'm definitely going to be able to use with my kids.
2: Well, our instinct is to protect them from it. Don't bring it up. It might make them scared again. When in reality, that is still just sitting there like a little bomb in their subconscious. And unless you go in there and help them defuse it, it's just waiting for the right trigger. Well, I I don't, I know
1: we don't know each other very well, but I have spent 20 years of my life creating and developing and researching and writing true crime shows. It became a big, big part of my professional life. Um, On one hand, I had like very, like glossy, fun shows like Real Housewives. But on the other hand, it was this like serious true crime stuff. And a lot of the, Research and interviewing and talking to victims' families and all that stuff, it doesn't leave you. Like it just truly doesn't leave you. So I had to come up with some ways of helping myself let those things go and kind of like re just desensitize myself to them, which makes me sound like a horrible person, you know, that like, I don't, but I can't carry the weight of all of those, those people's emotions like in my head. Right. And I, I found myself not that long ago, Charlie was telling me a story that sounded an awful lot like just a, just like a, like a true crime story. I knew he didn't get it from anywhere, but he was, he has an overactive imagination for a million reasons and watches and reads stuff. As I said, that scares him. And, um, he was telling me this story. And I noticed that as he told me each time we talked about it the morning after, cause this was a dream, I probably buried the lead there and should have said it was a dream that he had. Um, the morning after every time he told it, it became less and less real and less and less scary and more almost like cartoonish. um, but I just kind of thought that was a fluke. And I'm really, really, really glad to hear that it maybe isn't. And maybe that's just a tool
0: to, to use. That's a great piece of advice for parents. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed by what we're told we're supposed to do. So in the way that right now, it's like, well, obviously, our kids are our priority, and to some degree, we put aside things that don't have to be done right now during, you know, abnormal times. So, but for me, I'm going, okay, so in a few weeks, I'm going to have to become my kid's teacher because this is going to be graded work. He's going to have a certain number of hours a day that he has to be on a Zoom call, and I got to make sure he's focused, and then that he does his extracurricular stuff. Like there's going to be art and PE and all of these other things. And I, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I know every other parent's in the same boat where you go, how do you sustain your work when your kid needs you right now? And maybe work maybe work can wait and maybe it can't. And then beyond that, you're going, okay, well, I got to make sure I keep myself in check so that I'm not letting the stress trickle down on the kids. And then you look up, well, what should I do? And it's like, get creative, do science projects, do family projects, make a vacation at home. And you like can't even go to a park. And you're going, well, I need to run my kids. I need to get energy out. I need to give them attention because I keep putting them off while I do work. And so as a parent, I think it can become so overwhelming anyway to try to feel like you're doing everything for everyone because there's always something that's giving, right? It's your relationship with your partner. It's, it's work, it's fitness, it's time with the children. So something's always got to give. And so now there's this just, there's these extra layers where I personally, like just going, talk to them about this thing that scares them. That gives me a lot of relief because that feels like something that you can implement that's not like, hey, do a bunch more work. Try to figure out being better. Just go be better. Just go do more. I think that's a really hard thing to hear right now. I know for me, the things I'm doing sound really simple, but the best things I know how to do right now are try to keep a routine. Make Rad get up and get dressed in the morning. Like it's fine to have a pajama day here and and there, but it's not helping him feel normalcy. Like we got him a desk so that he can have it at home. Ty created this system of like iPad bucks where he has a certain number of minutes we can use because like you, Jen, we were feeling like the screen time, like it turns him into a jerk sometimes, like the whole screen time thing. You know, I'm putting him on the treadmill sometimes after seeing that that's worked for Katie. We're making him sit down to have meals. And sometimes that means I'm like yelling at him more to make him listen We've always done deep breaths when something's upsetting and I feel like I would get annoyed if someone did that to me, but it's so ingrained in him and it really works and helps us know if he's really hurt or really upset by something because if he can take a few deep breaths and he's fine, we know it's fine. But
2: that's a a really good one there too. They usually will tell kids like, okay, I want you to smell the flower and blow out the candle. So, okay, smell the flower. Take a really deep breath and smell the the flower. What color is the flower you're smelling? okay, good. Now you're going to blow out a candle. Okay, good. Like, you know, and, and again, and there's the
0: visualization. That's great.
2: With that and there's the visualization. I mean, heck, you can even pull up a candle on your iPad and tell them to blow it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> They'd probably love that. You know, with the overwhelming sense of things though, because I mean, it's true. I can sit here and go, here are all these tools. But when you're hearing them in one large lump, it sounds like, oh my gosh, so wait, I'm supposed to do this and this and this and this and this. And this. I would say above all else, be honest with your children. Hey, mommy's feeling really stressed today. I need to take care of this, this, and this. It would be really helpful to mom. It would fill up my bucket if you went ahead and did these things on your own. And especially for Radley, who wants to be the hero in a situation, if you, you can speak that into him. Radley, I see a hero in you. You know what? You save the day every day for me when you take care of this you know, your, I love your that. impact here in our world. Bradley, I'm feeling stressed about this today. You know how you could really help mommy, you know, that structure too, because that tells them they make an impact in that, in your household. And then on a small scale, so there's this book called the me, me, me effect. And, you know, it talks about, you know, basically just making sure our children don't, don't end up entitled. Um, and it has, you know, Chores by age, things like that. But one of the th- my major takeaways from it is they say to have 20 minutes of, and I'm quote, I'm quoting, um, mind, body, soul time with your child. I do not call it that. I'm not like <laughs> mind, body, soul time. Anyway, what's nice about it, though, is that because normally your kids are coming to you, coming to you, coming to you, it says, you know, okay, you're going to tell them, all right, at 2 o'clock today, we're going to have 20 minutes of just you and me. No one's allowed to interrupt. We're going to do whatever you want to do with me for that 20 minutes. And usually that that 20 minutes can be found somewhere. And that 20 minutes will buy you them leaving you alone for a good amount of time. They're looking forward to it. So they're kind of leaving you be because they know when they're going to get your undivided
0: attention. And then you have to commit to that. You have to commit to that. But
2: again, it's only that 20 minutes. But they will ride on that. And then also talking about like after this, then this. So
0: it's like the Dora the Explorer. I remember you telling me that when Aiden was little, you realized that you had to structure things like Dora, where first we do this, then we do this. That's and I really do that like that in the show. Yeah. Exactly and I think it's, why. I know that Radley would benefit from that. And, and what, when I say you have to commit to it, I'm saying that for myself because. My, my work stuff can be a moving target. I mean, things take longer than I anticipate or something gets moved or something pops up. And it's hard for me to, to live that way sometimes. I think I'm done with work and something new comes in. It's just the nature of my work. But if it stresses me out sometimes when I'm busy with other things, then how does Rad feel about mommy saying, I'm gonna come play with you in five minutes and then that five minutes turns into an hour? You're right. I mean, if, you, if I could take the time to make a schedule... Um, that one thing that lets him know what to expect, because he does, he'd probably make me lunch if I asked him to. He's such a sweet boy and he loves coming to the rescue. He loves helping with the project. If we're throwing a party, he goes, mom, it's party day. I'm going to start getting stuff ready. I mean, I think you're right. He would thrive on that. And that's something that it's not me having to like look on YouTube for some science project and then get the things. And like, I mean, that could be our 20 minutes if he wants it to be that, but it really, it's more about, like you said, setting expectations because just like I want to know that, like, when I'm, when I'm going to go to the gym or when I'm going to have dinner or, you know, when is does my glass of wine get – when can I afford the glass of wine? I mean –
2: Well, and I, you mentioned framing things kind of at the start about, like, how you respond to children. So same thing with introducing things like chores. If you're like today, you have to mop the floors. That's not going to go over the same as being like – what? You're you're six. And I bet, mm, gosh, I mean, do you feel like you would be able to mop the floors? You know, like I remember the first time that I told my son that he was finally old enough to pick up the dog poop. My youngest stood (laughs) at the end of the yard sobbing because she wasn't old enough to pick up the dog poop. (laughs) (laughs) And again, it was like, you've reached this. This magical point where you can pick up dog doctor- you are You are that old.
0: <laughs> Even just letting them, like you were saying about letting them have a bad day, I do think I see it help rad rather than being like, don't be annoyed. Just go, I know that's annoying. Even if it's with his little brother where if I think that it that would be annoying. I just spent all this time creating something and my little brother just messed it up or whatever. Just like acknowledging that it's okay to not have to be happy, perky, perfect all the time. And that way, when they are in trouble, they know that (laughs) maybe it's for a reason. Well, we all want our
2: feelings validated, right? But they also need to be reminded that their feelings at that moment are not their feelings
0: forever. You feel sad, right? Will you feel sad forever? No. Katie, how are you doing right now Um, with everything going on? I mean, obviously you have Amazing perspective, and I feel very lucky that I can call my sister about these things. We've always kind of played therapist for each other, but she's just really surpassed me in her ability to provide the right kind of therapy. You know, I, I think for the kids because I'm their constant. You know,
2: they're they're kind of fine because we've had a lot of dad having to be gone over the last three years. Well, that's not what they want. I think that probably the bigger thing for me is that when I'm noticing a change in behavior or they're you know not quite themselves it's having to take that pause and go all right is this because of what just happened or is this like you know it was that just the trigger that triggered their them suddenly remembering that they're missing dad or that they haven't you know gotten to spend as much time with their friends and things like that i think for me i'm someone that when i start feeling really low i need to find something to do for somebody else because that shifts my perspective and that fills my bucket Yesterday, we ended up landing on some bags of food that were supposed to go out in a distribution that, that didn't end up getting picked up, and so I put the kids in the car with it, and I said, we're going to go find homeless people, and we just dropped random bags and stuff in front of homeless people because, again, that that triggers that perspective. I'm, I mean, I'm not shaming myself in a way where I'm going, I don't get to feel bad for you know missing normal life and missing my husband, but I find that... When I go solve somebody else's problem, mine doesn't
0: feel as yeah. a Did you didn't you and Ty set up a meal delivery for right. so military families? I'm still working through the, the different legal stuff so that I can
2: get it properly distributed. But yeah, you know, I feel like I feel like most people are trying to look for an area they can they can help in.
0: Well, I was just thinking like I'd love to shout out that local company in San Diego oh offered to uh, donate, I think it was 50 meals, to military
2: families. The Lean Machine Meal Prep. And it turns out that the owner is actually a former military. Oh,
0: wow. That's cool. So if you're in San Diego, um, from what I'm hearing, the meals are amazing. They're healthy. And also some good people behind it. Um, They really stepped up and offered to help Katie with, um, you know, getting some meals out to help it's a military family. So thank you guys for doing that. Yeah, you know, I think That's awesome.
2: day, we're all just trying to figure out what problems can we solve? There's always gonna be those big inherent ones that um that make us feel a bit out of control and out of sorts. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't have an effect.
0: Jen, so- what about you? Okay. Um how are how, like how are you? How's the family? I don't know.
1: I, I really I don't know. I love to say we're great because We have all really enjoyed the time together and that's not an exaggeration. We enjoy not having the routine. We enjoy, I this is why I always feel like I'd like to homeschool because I do feel like the nonstop grind of kids in school, like weighs on me in a really negative way. I don't, I don't like it. Um, I thrive on routine, but I don't thrive on schedule. I have really enjoyed just getting to be with my kids. Um, the anxiety for me stems from all of the things that you talked about, Corey. It's the social impact of everything that's going on, the politicalization of it, politicization of everything that's <laughs> going on, the health crisis, <laughs> there, right? Yeah. The economy, like the, like the financial the There's the just so
0: much uncertainty.
1: There's a lot of it. And so I get, Anxiety from all of that, you know, and and I feel like I've actually suffered from um, postpartum anxiety since I had Evelyn, which has been really a pretty crippling part of my life for the last couple of years. Um, And so, in that sense, I have a lot of anxiety. But in the normal scope of the world, I feel like things are relatively calm in our house right now it's Um, almost
0: like everything that's going on has maybe provided a piece of calm in the storm that was going on because you guys really have dealt with a lot over the past few years we have dealt
1: with a lot you know we um we moved out of state, our dog died, like you said, Katie, Um, that was just really traumatic for the kids and um, having to change schools and make new friends. And, you know, Adrian starting a new job or two new jobs and, you know, me stopping working full time and starting consulting more. Those things have been real kind of, you know, they've been, they're just big like life events. You know, we've had deaths in the family. Um, They're, our daughter was diagnosed with a pretty severe, um, uh, autoimmune illness. So it's, it's been a lot, it's been a lot and it's a lot a for lot anyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On almost every single level that you could, you know, in, in every one of those categories that you could check off as being the, the, the biggest life changes we've, we've knocked almost all of them out in a single calendar year. So I, I feel that now those things are kind of behind us in a sense, it's starting to be a little bit better and I'm noticing some, some better changes, you know, with my kids, but man, I, I just look at how it affected me and Adrian. Um, and it's amazing that we're still standing. So I can't really even fathom how our kids haven't completely fallen apart.
2: So there's Uh, one thing that we, I don't, I don't remember to do it all the time. Um, you know because even even when you're sitting on a bunch of information you're not going to implement it perfectly and all the time is either at the start of the weekend or at the start of a week or even if you want to break it down to at the start of the day if you ask each person you know what what's one thing you're hoping to get done or get to do today cuz cuz we're very aware of that for our own and I know that as the mom you know there's nobody else here until I put it out there into the world there's nobody else here that's looking to make sure that my little self-care box there gets ticked. But when I put it out there to my kids and then they have the opportunity to put something out there and then, you know, my husband has the opportunity to put something out there, we can usually make those work because then we're really aware of this other thing rather than tiptoeing around trying to see about everything and just really hoping we're going to get to that thing and then feeling disappointed at the end of the day. No matter how the rest of the day goes, no matter what school stuff you do or don't get done, you know, work things that do or don't get accomplished, things like that, if you can at least go, each of us, each of us this one thing got taken care of. So, all right. That's usually something that brings me a little bit of peace.
1: Verbalizing your expectations is really important.
0: We've talked a lot about gratitude, too, and how we talked to our kids about making sure that we find the positive pieces of our day, even within days that are hard. Those things are very important. And those are things we can do. All the, all the stuff, the super mommy stuff, you know, it's not what our kids need, really. I feel like this has been so informative. Yeah, it um, really has been. And it makes me just want to go, like, I know that there's always, there's going to be, you know, there's always going to be, like, people who have it way harder than you. And people... That have it way better than you. You know, there's always this whole spectrum of how difficult it is, whether it's, you know, um, things that your kids are going through, things you're trying to figure out, your own anxiety, your your situation in life right now. Um, but I think we just kind of wanted to say, like, We see you, mamas. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think, you know, there's never been so much camaraderie with so many parents going through the same thing and the playing field being so level in the way that, you know, all of us becoming moms who are trying to juggle more than ever while on top of dealing with the things we were already dealing with. Um, So these little things in our mommy toolboxes, I feel like are just invaluable. And you know what? if we put emotional well-being ahead of other things
2: the other things will come but we can't try to press on through those other things while things aren't emotionally sound so true that is so, so so true it has to come first i mean if we know how hard that is to fight through on our own when we have reasoning and all that in our intellectual capacity you, you can't try to force all this other stuff on children that are completely unsettled.
0: I think my sister's going to be a very good therapist.
1: (laughs) Uh, I think she's going to be a very good therapist too, because I've had a lot of good therapists in my life and a lot of bad therapists in my life. And you can usually tell in the first couple of minutes that someone starts talking, if they're like really going to be good. And you have this like spark that just emanates from you. I think you're going to love doing it. And I think you're, you're going to make people very happy.
2: Hold on, let's pause for a second. I'm going to go get my phone and record that. <laughs> Play it for potential well, clients. Thank you so much for being with
1: us. Thank it was you. great getting to talk to you.
2: This was fun getting to be a part of it because normally I just talk back to you guys when I'm listening to you and you can't hear me.
0: Aww. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things we want to do... As moms ourselves. Speaking of mental health. And speaking of sometimes needing to recognize that you have too much on your plate. And so you can't be mentally healthy because you just don't have the capacity we are going to take a hiatus after this episode. So, we're going to take the month of August off and we're going to spend time with our
1: families and sort of reconnect and start um, some new routines and getting back into the swing of things from a school standpoint, whether it's in person or virtual or whatnot. We're still going to be creating content behind the scenes and we will have a lot of podcasts
0: teed up um, for
1: after Labor Day. So,
0: oh, it's going to get interesting, guys. So, <laughs> come follow us at Hi, My Name is Mom Official on Facebook. Facebook, and Instagram, we'd love for you to, uh, you know, share mom fashions. um, Or if you have ideas for podcast
1: episodes, we'd love to know. We've sort of covered a wide range of topics, but some of them are really specific. So we're always open to hearing from our other friends in the mom community, things that are important to you uh, that you'd love to hear us talk about.
0: And then we we say this, and it always sounds like a throwaway comment that we're just supposed to say, but it really is so meaningful for those of you who just – hit pause or at the end of the episode take a second to leave us a review a rating um and and really what we love is hearing about people who have shared it with other friends who they think can benefit from joining our little community over here so you guys have a wonderful august and we'll uh, see you on the other side of labor day bye guys bye. your name is mom <sighs>